You're listening to the CPR of Life podcast, a show about creating community through connection, awakening potential, and uncovering the resilience of the human spirit through an understanding of state of mind. It's about living a life well-lived and uncovering what often gets in the way. Welcome to episode number 14. I absolutely love the conversations that I've been having to kick off the new year. And not just the new year, but the upcoming year. The podcast episodes and the conversations that I'll be sharing are brilliant. Anyways, on today's episode, I'm pleased to welcome Dominic Scaffody. He is an executive coach who is grounded in the three principles understanding and is also a student of Abraham Hicks. This is a really interesting combination for me, which piqued my interest, which led to this conversation. I know Dominic. We both belong to a Three Principles community, and I met him personally at a workshop in April, and Dominic kindly offered to drive me back to Toronto. And when we got into his car, there was a conversation playing with him at a Law of Attraction workshop. And... I was floored, to be honest, when I realized that because I had dipped my toes into the law of attraction, but I really didn't understand it. So this led to some really interesting conversations with Dominic, and we've had several subsequent to that uh, first meeting. And I love Dominic's passion, which I think comes across quite clearly in this conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome, Dominic. I am so excited to have you as a guest. We have chatted about this for a while, and now it's coming to fruition. So welcome to the show, Dominic. Yeah, thank you, Jesse Lynn. I've been very excited uh, to have this conversation as well. And yeah, thanks for the invitation. So Dominic, do you want to tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Like, I have given an introduction but, and I've, in that introduction, we've talked about, you know, the fact that you're an executive coach, the fact that um, you're grounded in the th- three principles understanding, but also a student of Abraham Hicks. How do those things come together in your world? You know, we, Abraham Hicks was earlier, and then three principles came uh, later. And I like, to, I like to think that I attracted <laughs> three principles. <laughs> <laughs> As I was learning more and more um, and, and following more and more about Abraham Hicks and uh, that understanding. And so um, I really appreciate those two teachings. And um, since uh, coming across the three principles, uh, I, I've seen an enhanced, deeper understanding of uh, the teachings of Abraham and law of attraction and what that is, much deeper, more spiritual understanding of that and then vice versa some of the things that um are said or spoken about in three principles and then i'll hear abraham use other words and uh, how that kind of complements back and forth so yeah so we were talking about well it's one of these things so we were so many questions or so so many thoughts just came up from that but how did you first come across like Abraham Hicks and what people would say the law of attraction? That's one of the more yeah. terms. Um, well, I got to admit it, 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 that, well, law of attraction was uh, popular at one point. Uh, I mean, it's been popular forever. And then I think the secret made it very popular. Yeah. Um, but that sort of popular version of, of what law of attraction is, is, um, I don't know. It's almost not even useful. It's a little bit. Uh, it's a little bit about thinking about something as you know. Pe- people think about it like Santa Claus. So that if I really wish or write something down, then what you're saying is the universe delivers it to me. So then it's a car in my driveway. Vision board. <laughs> yeah. So there's something um, almost not very useful about that. So you know, as many, I think I. I dismissed mm-hmm. that quite. As I was becoming a coach, um, I heard from others, including a coach who heard me talk once about business and how I was developing business. And then um, she asked me if I if I was familiar with Abraham and the teachings of Abraham. 
Uh, and we're referring to Abraham Hicks here, um, and Abraham being, you know, as channeled by uh, Esther Hicks. Um, and so then I, I kind of, as I was hearing about that, I thought, oh, I wonder what that's all about. And then I believe I was on vacation one time and picked up a book in a bookstore um, and started reading the book. And, and then a lot of that just resonated with me. And so from there, I kind of, if you go on YouTube, of course, <laughs> there, there is so much available uh, Abraham Hicks, um, everything, right? So um, that kind of continued me on that journey. So must have been more than 10 years ago. Yeah. What was the book that you first read? Um, the first book, I believe, was Money and the Law of Attraction. Mm, so I believe okay. that's the name. Yeah, that, that's the first book. Um, and with Abraham, it's interesting. I'm, tr- I'm, I'm thinking I may go back to reading a little bit again. But what I found with Abraham is reading is nowhere near as powerful as listening to, to the um, actual interactions. Yeah. Because uh, when Abraham is channeled and in speaking, and especially in speaking in response to a, a question from someone, um, uh, is so powerful, uh, just kind of what flows and, and, and what's there. The... Uh, yeah, so it's just a different experience than reading. Yeah, it's so interesting that you say that because it's one of these things I found too. I was recently listening to the Enlightened Gardener is now on Audible, so I've been I've been listening to it, and it's such a peaceful feeling when you're just listening. Mm-hmm. And you know, as I, I think sometimes when we, we sit down and I say, but there are certain books that I I love to actually have in my hand and turn the pages of and. Yes. But there are certain books where the experience of listening is completely different. And I think also like a lot of the three principles um, messages about li- like listening for a feeling. So where I think listening to it is something. So they're, they're very complementary in so many ways. Do you see them as complementary? Oh, the two? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, what they, they are um, uh, three principles is pointing to a truth and energy behind the form, right? So that that um, mind, thought, and consciousness are are one thing, and it, that 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 one thing is an, a formless energy. Um, and Sydney Banks talked about you know and and wasn't just Sydney Banks but that how formless and that energy that source energy is exp- is is always an expression and it expresses into form um, and even that language that I just used points that as two things so you see how hard it is the minute you try yeah, to describe I know <laughs> and 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 in in fact, it's, you know, there's a, you could say that the, that mind or intelligence is always in expression. Mm. And um, it's like, what is the sun? Well, it's, it's giving, it, it is an expressing thing. It is not a, it's not like something. And then that there's sun rays that are different than what it is. Yeah. It, it is. It is doing it's, both. It's, so form yeah. is always in, it's, expressing into form. Kind of like two sides of the same coin. Yeah. And, and I think what I find, so the complementary is that three principles um, uh, is pointing you back to formless, continues to point you back to formless with... Um, with not a lot of attention and interest in form. Yeah. Uh, Abraham says, of, you know, for, formless or source, of course, right? I mean, of course. But let's talk about form. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about creation. Let's talk about the expression. Not totally accurate, but it, it, but let's talk about the expression as much as we talk about the source of it, so that there's 
Yeah. And and th- th- there is something so, I don't know, because the, the experience, joy and love and all of that, for us really is in the expression. So it's in form that, that, that there's an incredible opportunity to experience. Um, so that's something about how those, the two complement each other, uh, and one of them, you know, they, they both seem to put more emphasis on one side than the other. Yeah. A little bit. For those who may or may not, may not know so much about the three principles, how would you describe that to people? So in three principles, the, the, what Sydney Banks um, articulated was that there is this uh, formless energy behind life. Uh, mind is the label he put on it. So it's mind, thought, and consciousness are the three labels. But this formless energy mind, which is the source of all things, the intelligence behind life, there's an energy of, of uh, thought, which is um, uh, also in principle, as a principle of thought, is a formless energy of thought, which is how um, mind then creates and the way thought comes to life or becomes anything is in consciousness. So there's a kind of, um, uh, and, and the big thing that Sidney Banks said was, and it, what the missing link uh, and that book pointed to is how thought is the link between formless and form. Abraham uh, is consistent with that is that the, f- the way that source energy becomes manifest is first via thought. So the way source manifests into this world that we see is first via thought. Um, the Bible said, you know, like God said, God said, yeah. <laughs> let there be light. Okay. In the, in, and then there's other things like, you know, in the beginning there was the word and the word was with God. It could be, could be thought of that the word is the thought, yeah. thought. And, um, and then in the speaking is kind of how the manifestation into form occurs. It's so interesting that actually when you start, when you start to notice or when you become aware of this and then you start to see evidence of it in other places, like you say, in the Bible or other readings and stuff. How does this come into your world or does it come into your world in your coaching? Hmm. A lot in my coaching. I mean, um, it's about grounding. We, the grounding is what's the, what's the view of the world, the reality that, that you know or that you see. Because that's kind of then where from the coaching is where the, the questions or where you're pointing people or asking people about. And so in my coaching with people, they, they can be talking about whatever they're talking about. So usually these are leaders in organizations and they may be talking about things like, you know, aligning their team or they want to influence something uh, within their organization. And for me, I could hear things like as, as they'll talk about opposition or they'll talk about conflict. For me, I'm, I can hear about what energy they're talking about. Yeah. And, and so then I have an understanding of, well, th- that what will happen is, um, you know, especially when, when you see something as as that you are opposed to it. That is very different than, for instance, being something that you are standing for. These are completely different energies. Yeah. So I'm opposed to that. I don't want that. We shouldn't do this. Is a completely different energy than I stand for this. This is the direction we need to move in, etc. So in my coaching, um, I'm able to help them see like that kind of a difference that they may not have noticed. Right? So they, they, they think for themselves as a leader, I disagree with that. I'm, you know, I don't want, or I don't want, I don't like what they're doing there, or this is contrary to our values or whatever it is that they may be doing. Yeah. But I can hear in that, that, 
that where they're looking is completely opposite to what they're wanting to create. Yeah. And wherever you focus and what you look at will become bigger and bigger and bigger. So they'll cause themselves more and more trouble. (laughs) So it's impacted my coaching a lot in that way. I won't get into the problem with them because that's kind of what the thing, you know, you'd get into the problem. Well, what's going on? How long is this conflict? What do you think the source of the conflict is? What do you think they believe that you don't? And you get all into wrapped up in that. Whereas all you're doing is making that bigger and bigger. Right. I'm seeing how, and, and then it, like with three principles, it, it, what three principles, because a lot of that is simple, like kind of uh, what Abraham with energy about where your attention focuses becomes more. In three principles, it's, it's a matter of um, that, that it is thought created, like that the conflict or opposition is thought created. That's, him, yeah. I think, more how three principles would, would talk about it. And so then to, to try to get out of this thought-created problem by applying more thinking or thinking about it harder is not, is not going to work. Yeah, It's such an interesting, and this is the thing, because I do quite a bit of work with people in conflict or difficult situations, and it's the same thing. It's like, okay, it's not so much diving into the conflict. It's, it's, let's look at that. Like, what makes you say that? You know, like, interesting, like, it's really interesting. That's, that's interesting. How, like, what makes you feel that way or see it that way? Um, that opens up really interesting discussions. It's super. So do you mainly work one-on-one or is it kind of with groups or is it just kind of with leaders themselves? Uh, three things that I do. I'm, I'm, um, uh, one-to-one coaching is the bulk of what I do. So executive coaching, mostly with leaders, um, in organizations, most of the coaching that I do is corporately sponsored. It's sponsored by an organization. So in other words, it's an organization that's paying for the coaching for the client. I have a few, you know, uh, individual clients who engage me personally, but most of what I do is, is, uh, in, in large organizations that way. The second thing I do is I'll, I'll do team coaching. So I'll take a leader and the team and I will coach and develop them uh, that way. And it is coaching versus, you know, team effectiveness or um, like I I was an HR professional before. So it's different than organizational development or organization effectiveness, which has more of a consulting and expert stance to it. Uh, This is really uh, coaching with a team where my client is the team instead of an individual. Mm. And so, uh, and, and it is the team as its own entity and, um, and listening for what the team wants and like that. It's, it's, um, it's, it's definitely from a coaching versus consulting stance. Yeah. And then the third thing that I do is I train leaders and managers to, to develop coaching skills themselves. And so I, I, the way I say that is so that they can become great coaches rather than good bosses. Mm. So that's nice. Uh, so basically those things are what I do. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. When I was a manager many years ago, um, I always thought of my role was to support my staff versus like to lead them. Like it was like, I, they were phenomenal in what they did and they were so knowledgeable that it was my job to keep building them up, you know? Mm. Um, and it's interesting to see different people who manage have different perspectives on that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I love that. So Dominic, the, the reason that I found out that you were into um, Abraham Hicks was we were together in a workshop and then you were kindly giving uh, us a ride back to Toronto and we got into your car and it was, there was a conversation that was playing and that's how we started the conversation about it. But that conversation turns out to be, you were attending uh, Abraham Hicks, uh, I don't know what it's called, the workshop. Workshop, yeah, workshop. <clears throat> and you've attended quite a few and always been one of the first participants to be called do you want to talk about that a little bit? 
Well, if people who Abraham has workshops and people attend, there could be three, four hundred people who attend these workshops. And then basically the way it works is Esther Hicks uh, goes into trance and channels Abraham and um, and then begins talking. She'll usually uh, Abraham will do a monologue a little bit. 10, 15 minutes where they'll just open up the workshop. And then the, the entire workshop becomes, what do you want to talk about? That's kind of the statement that gets made. And hands go up. And then you are selected out of the audience to go up, sit in the chair called the hot seat, and you have a conversation with Abraham. You can ask your questions, and uh, and Abraham will answer. And that's pretty much what uh, an, uh, one of those workshops is. So yeah, I've attended, I've, I've been on some, seven of them, and one of them was a, a cruise in the Caribbean, which, which was a longer, <laughs> a longer version. And every one of those seven, I've, I've made it into the hot seat. And I guess why that's a big deal is because there are so many in attendance, and to yeah. get into the hot seat, the way that that works is you don't just put up your hand, but you are selected energetically. And, mm. what, and how you're selected energetically is Abraham... Uh, doesn't actually see you, but but they they see the uh, that what you have is a question, um, so that there is a strong question within you, and you are in the vibrational vicinity of the answer. Mm. So there is both a desire to know something, and you are in the vibrational vicinity of the answer to that, um, so that uh, it, it's easy to close the gap. Um, is, is would would be and of course there's something about that 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 will be relevant and useful for for the large gathering because yeah. there is also a collective intention or interest so i listened to your questions and i've you've sent me and i've gone back to your first interview and listened to how your questions have progressed over the seven times you've been on the hot seat how did the three principles influence the question that oh yeah 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 so uh 2016 which was the third uh so uh 2014 was my first conversation with abraham a year later 2015 was a second conversation and 2016 was then principles <laughs> so by 2016 um my question was can we control thought mm. You know, because and this this is where my understanding of Abraham started to uh, be so enhanced with um, three principles, because um, when you listen to Abraham, they're not shy about giving you things to do and techniques and stuff like that. Um, so they don't hesitate um, if you if, if, if you ask a question or they'll have processes, all of that stuff. But what I started to hear after uh, three principles was how the processes were not necessary. Mm. And then three principles gave me other sort of questions that had to do with um, before I would hear Abraham as sort of saying, you've got, like, I, I thought what it said was you, you need to understand, like, control your thinking or think in a particular way. And, um, and so then that's where that question came from. I was like, is that what you're actually saying? Are you saying that we, we would control our thinking? And, uh, and of course, I had it wrong. That, that's not what I'm saying. And so, um, yeah. It, uh, so that's kind of, you'll see this evolution after conversation three. Most of, like pretty much every other conversation is, if, if people understand the three principles, they can see how my question is coming from a three principles Inquiry. Understand it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you go back and you listen to these, and and it's just kind of like you hear something different when you listen to your question and hear the answer, like when you go back and replay them. Oh yeah, and that's kind of the same thing with the three. Like it's it's just the same in life. Like we go back and we look at it through a different lens and we see it differently. You know, yeah. And that's the beauty of life. So you know, a lot of people say when they hear like law of attraction. They think of vision boards. If they make a vision board, then what, what will be on that? And they look at that vision board, then it'll come to fruition. If we could engage people in a conversation to help them see that in a different light, how would you approach that conversation with them? Law of attraction is describing a truth about form and reality and how that 
how that happens. It is, uh, you are always creating your own reality. And, um, and that you don't create your own reality when you understand the law of attraction. That's, you don't read a book so that you can understand how to create your own reality. You know, you go read Think and Grow Rich so you can understand how you can create your own reality. It isn't that. Oh, are you doing law of attraction? Right? And people will talk about. Uh, no, we all are. <laughs> we all are. We the experience we have and the what what we are what we are experiencing in life and the reality that we we go through in life is all created by us from the inside. <laughs> um, so, you know, reading about law of attraction or, or being interested in it has, is, is about an interest in, well, how can that be? How does that work? And, um, and so creation happens uh, first in, in it, it's in formless and, and that's, it's, it's as, I mean, if I talk about us here <laughs> for any of us individually, so now physical, uh, us, um, you, you, everything that happens for you happens in your mind. That, that is it. That is where all your experience is in your mind. Three principles is clear about this too. And, and, you, and, and it's by whatever thought that is lit up by, by consciousness in your mind, that's what you're experiencing. So um, now the thing, the thing about thought um, and what law of attraction I think I found useful is that how thought has momentum. That part is is, is something that um, I don't know that that part is clear um, in three P. But thought has momentum, and so and and in in um, what law of attraction says is because it's a vibration, it is a frequency. And so, um, and whatever that frequency is, it will match up with more in that frequency. So when you have a thought and the thought is sad, just stay with it a little bit and another, and another thought like it will join. And if you stay with that just a little bit, another several thoughts like it will join, <laughs> like, oh, you know, um, this, this, this situation here, I, I think, you know, my mom's 91, my mom's 91. I'm so lucky to have my mom. She's in great right. health. Yeah. So, but we could get into a conversation right now. If I had a thought that my mom's 91 and, you know, not a lot of 91 year olds kind of go much longer. And of course she is healthy, but you know, once you get to 90, a lot of things can happen. So there's another thought. If I, if, if I stay with this just a little while, and you and I, and yeah. by the way, if I do more than just think about it, but if I manifest it into speech yeah. and begin a conversation with you, and you, we go back and forth about it, pretty soon <laughs> there's a momentum to that thought and, and, and that, that thought and, you know, w w how I'll be feeling about my mom uh, <laughs> will be very much impacted by this yeah. momentum of thought. Yeah. So two things that came up for me there. <clears throat> I'm going to go to one about um, three principles because one of the things I often say is thought has traction as well in the way that, okay, so often like we have a thought about something and I call that like a snowflake. If we engage with it, you know, like, oh my goodness. So last weekend I was going to a party and it was like, you know, I, I, what I wanted to wear didn't end up looking like I'm fitting like I thought it should. So then I just went down this whole rabbit hole. So what started out as a snowflake of a thought, then I, I engaged with it more. And then it didn't become just about the fact that it didn't look right. 
there was a bigger story to it. So I say there's a snowflake kind of turns into a snowball as I ruminate on it a little bit. As I ruminate a bit more, it becomes a snowman. So I do see a parallel in 3P and, 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 and law of attraction in that space. And the second thing that came to mind when you were talking was engaging in a conversation <laughs> that it's that that thought is real, like from a from and it does increase the vibration, but it like how many people sit and they have a conversation to voice how they're feeling about something or complain about something like you see a lot of um, Facebook groups that are supposed to be support. Um, but somebody else say something and somebody else support what you're like, you want to complain about, you know, let's just say you want to complain about your mom. You complain and say, Oh my God, my, my mom is 91. She's such a, you know, it's, it's hard. It's like this and that. And then somebody be like, Oh my God, yes, it is. And people kind of engage and keep that energy. They keep the, the pot stirring. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And see, and that's the part where that power is, is, um, you know, it is a power of the universe. It, in, in other words, it's not you, little you, creating this. There's something about thoughts become things. Sidney Banks says, you know, the link between spirit and physical is by a thought. And so thought is the first <clears throat> beginning. <clears throat> But everything you see in physical is thought. It's, mm. it, it, it existed first in thought and then became more and more form. So thoughts become things. Thoughts turn to form. And, um, and, and how, they, how they do is, is this law of attraction. There is a frequency which then makes them denser. There's more more join them, more join them, more join them. It gets thicker and thicker and thicker and like that. Now, that's not, you know, something you're doing, like, you know, that, that, that you think you can do that. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. If, if you, as you tune into something, as you give attention to anything, you, you, the, the, uh, that attention will bring it to life and that thing will grow. Um, so that's good to know. <laughs> It is so good to know. It's like one of these things where it's like being conscious of that and being conscious of the energy that you're sitting in. And I even like in a feeling in your body, the guy said one day Finley came home and he was complaining about um, a kid at school. So I said, tell me something good about him. And he did. Mm. And I said, which one feels better in your body? And, and it was when he thought about it. And, and then he said, when I, you know, the, the good thing that he said about him and I was like that's the energy that you want to be in versus mm. the other one but the interesting thing is is I was just saying this to you before we, we hit record is why is it that our first reaction to thing or the thing that we look for are things that are wrong or that we can criticize or judge it's such an interesting and it's such a negative energy, but it seems to me like when you talk to, like, how are you today when you talk to people? People will tell you things that are wrong. Well, I'm okay, but, you know, like, and there's an energy to that. Yeah, yeah. Then the thing you said about how you feel it in your body, this is what's beautiful about the guidance that we always have. That, that, um, that in a way, that you're you you are being guided all the time by what direction abraham says that thought is thought is the creator so thought creates and and feeling is the indicator of the direction of that thought so thought is what creates and feeling is an indicator of the direction of that thought. So the direction of that thought meaning, are you creating in the direction of your desire? Are you creating in the direction of wanted? 
what it is you want are you creating in the direction of what you want and all that you desire or are you creating an opposition to that your feeling will tell you that so that feeling will tell you which way you're creating with thought <clears throat> and that's the same as there's a like to me there's a correlation with the three p's because your feeling will give you an indication of where your like where your thoughts are at in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, very very much in parallel. Um, I I used to understand the three P's as um, you know something about um, you know that the feeling tells you like how uh, which is true how aligned you are to source or how long how aligned you are with mind. Like, you know, in, in a good feeling, there's more alignment. But, but the thing about mind is that it's big. <laughs> like, it's big. It's like everything is aligned. Because Every, everything created is sourced in mind. Yeah. What's really important is you as a unique expression of mind as this unique expression of mind that is continuing to express more and more of the potential and possibility of mind through that unique point of perspective that you are. The question is, is your thinking aligned with that? with that aspect of mind and where that evolution is going for that unique aspect. Because everything is aligned with mind. There's nothing can ever get away from it. So, but you as a unique perspective are in this lifetime expressing something quite uniquely. It's like you're one of those rays of sun that comes from the source and comes out and and it has a trajectory and a direction that it is moving in as not by yourself like some little ego creating some huge thing but rather as this unique expression of all that is <laughs> but specifically and when you think in alignment with more of that, it will feel good. <laughs> when you think in a way that limits and resists that kind of expression, you will feel bad when you're in opposition to who you really are and all that you want and all that you've become. You will feel bad. And you can't have better guidance than that. So why do you think so many people... Like, like, you know, some, I'm just, what came to mind when you were talking there was I read this book years ago, Gavin De Becker's The Gift of Fear. And it is, it's, it's this whole thing about intuition, like intuitively, we know in our body, there's a physiological response to things that are, that are right. But why do you think that people don't pay attention to that? Uh, Overthinking. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that, like, that is it, right? Like it's, because what happens is if you look at animals, it's then pure instinct. Mm. If you look at animals, it's pure instinct um, without thinking interfering. But what happens with us, and, and it's kind of why even when I teach coaching, um, part of what I teach in coaching is some neuroscience because neuroscience is helpful as um, that, that the brain will go to, um, you know, when, when you get reptilian brain, more of the you know, that primitive early brain, mm-hmm. um, it, it ensures your survival, right? Yeah. It ensures your survival. So when you hear the rustling in the bushes, which could be a lion, then what it, what it will do is it will, you know, release chemicals in the body and it will, it will, um, give you more, um, uh, blood, blood and nutrients in the extremities, like your arms and your legs, so that you can either pick a pick up a club, you know, to beat that thing, or uh, you could run with your legs, you know, like that. Um, 
and freeze is another kind of response that can happen as well. Yeah. But one of uh, but one of the things that the brain is doing is it shuts down the prefrontal cortex, which is the most advanced part of your brain, and that's where thinking happens. Yeah. So it's interesting that in danger situations, what physically your body will do is shut down the prefrontal cortex by removing nutrients and blood from the prefrontal cortex, making thinking very difficult. Isn't that fascinating? Like that's <laughs> Yeah. Because because what happens at that point is it knows that if you think a lot, you will kill us both. Mm. That's kind of what it knows. <laughs> so it says we can't have you thinking. Not in this situation. <laughs> Shut that one off. <laughs> Shut that we're gonna off. we're gonna prevent your we will prevent your ability to think so that we can come out of this alive. <laughs> so in those extreme scenarios, that's what happens. And then you go and then what happens is you're going on instinct. And you hear something that. is moving. Yeah, but yeah. you hear that often like in cases where like people do things in extreme situations that they didn't think they could do, like whether it be lift something or, or do something, it's because they don't stop and kind of think about the, oh, well, if I do this, then this. They just do it. There's just, a, there's an action. You know, Abraham has an interesting way of describing that too, because um, they'll talk about, you know, like the, those examples of a woman who will lift the car off a baby, Yeah. right? Her child, she'll lift the car off a child. So that's not something that woman can do. It's just not yeah. know, something. And and yet she does. And Abraham says, when the desire is so strong, your beliefs do not matter. Mm. When desire is so strong, your beliefs do not matter. And um, that's an example of such a strong desire that that woman's beliefs about herself, her physical strength, yeah. and even her beliefs about any laws of physics, any reality in this real physical world scientifically, all of that's out the window <laughs> because her desire is so strong, the beliefs do not matter. And it's important to know that Abraham says that belief is a thought you keep thinking. Right. A belief is a thought you keep thinking. So thought, again, there you have thought. But there's something more powerful that then trashes, <laughs> sort of trashes thought. Because all that thought, was doing in a scenario like that was limiting. Mm. And once that thought, once that thought kind of got shoved out of the way, what the woman accessed is pure potential and possibility. She accesses the resources of the universe are flowing through her and able to express through her in this physical body unobstructed by any thought that's powerful and you know it just it kind of brought me back to our conversation earlier in the book club this morning when we were talking about it's not what we think it's that we think like thought is that powerful and again there's the the, the parallel is there there's so many stories like that too though where like a woman lifting a car or somebody doing something that you just it's magic can you imagine mm -hmm. if the world, like, like, if the world focused on that? Like, it, could you imagine if news was good news stories? Who says that news has to be bad news stories? World news. Why does it world news? We should start a, a news channel. <laughs> that's, that's like purely good news. That, that probably already exists somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Two things you said there. One is about magic. And um, we will label magic or miracle because it is not in our system of beliefs and thought. So it's magic because, uh, but, but it's magic or it's a miracle because it occur. The, the thing happens outside my system of beliefs or my system of thinking. I um you know in a, in a practical sense the with the law of attraction and teachings of Abraham 
um, is, is really, it's, uh, for me in my life, it exists as the way my business works, the way my business works, how it's built, where my clients come from, all of that. I have a very successful business. It's, um, you know, uh, I enjoy a lot of, you know, abundance when it comes to that. And, um, and I don't do anything in terms of business development. I spend no time on that, no attention on it. I don't have a lot of uh, interest in it at all. So um, it, it and so then just business comes, and how business comes is I attract it, and it just keeps coming. And so now, but if I talk to someone else, then they'll say, "Well, what do you do? You're just talking about magic." Well, we have magic from your point of view. <laughs> I'm living from but, yours. But what is that? <laughs> right? That it's not magic from my point of view, but yeah. it's magic from a point of view of saying that the only way to get business is you must mm. engage in business development. If you are not, you know, selling and you are not creating a funnel or I don't oh, know what I, whatever yeah. we'll talk about, right? If you don't do <laughs> if you don't do that then how do you get clients? And um, so from a system of beliefs like that, to then look at someone like me and see clients coming, um, well, there's two things that happen. One is you label it magic as one, right? So you sort of say, oh, well, wow, look at that. The other is you refit that into your system of beliefs. Mm. Oh, I see what it is. I get it. So he doesn't really do this, but this is the reason it works for him. (laughs) Okay. You just fit it all back into the system of beliefs. Oh, yeah, because he used to be in HR, right? Like he used to be in HR. He was an executive with a company. He knows a lot of people. He's got this great network. (laughs) So now I understand. So, okay, okay. So the way I see the world is actually still valid. He's not an exception. He's an outlier. You're thinking and your thoughts, right? The way it is, and 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 continue working on that. So Mm. you said the word magic. You said something else there too that that you commented, and I can't remember what that second thing is that you said. And I can't read your mind, so I don't know. Um, It might not. It it may or be not. I always call it the funnels. Ugh, I call them the F word. Because <laughs> uh-huh. I agree, it's one of these things. Um, I know that, like, I've been approached by a lot of people when you say that you're, like, you're self-employed and, you know, you run your own business. Oh, well, then you should be doing this. Like, you, you, you know, you're selling, like, your sales page has to be, like, A, B, C, D, and E. And I was just saying, to, I, was, I was talking to another coach in the UK yesterday and we were talking about something that we're going to do together next year. And I said, I, I can't stand the process of, okay, well, having them sign up for an email and then do this and then do this. It's like, ugh, neither one of us are, <laughs> we're just not in that space. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Dominic, say, so when you have these conversations with people, do you ever share with your clients when you're coaching that you're coming from or that you you start from a space of an understanding of the law of attraction and three principles or do you just kind of embed it in your questions you know yeah so i um i find they don't care um so when coaching clients don't care they just they, they they and this is by the way as it should be when you get a coach uh, you should be focused on yourself, what right. it is you want, and 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 then figure out whether the coach can help you to yeah. sort of in in getting what you want in 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 that because that's the the thing with coaching is about sort of um, where you are now, where you want to mm. be, and and uh, and having an impact on that. So um, I'm my focus as a coach is always on what do they want, and mm. I'm and I'm very clearly not um so i'm not a teacher i'm not a teacher of anything Uh so i'm not a teacher of three principles and i'm not a teacher of abraham hicks 
you, you would have to engage me in a conversation about either of those two because you want to learn about them. Uh, that's how that's how you would get a teacher out of me is, right. is if you would need to engage that way uh, right. to be taught because if you are engaging me as a coach i am not there to teach you anything right, right. so well, i am there yeah. to, to your point focus on you <laughs> and getting you uh, where where you want to go and of course my understanding informs me and it informs my questions and and what I what I uh, what I point you to, what I what I get you to look at. Um, mm. Now there's a few clients, especially some of those personal clients that have engaged me. You know, it's interesting. I'm now getting some clients that specifically hire me because of this. <laughs> like, yeah. like you know, they understand either three P or or. Uh, Abraham or something, and they want to hire me to sort of deepen their understanding. Yeah. This is rare. It's not something that I even, uh, whatever, spend any time on. But but, but it's kind of cool. There are there are a few of those that have shown up. And by the way, I appreciate and really love those conversations because usually those people sort of take us to new new levels, new levels yeah. of understanding. Well, I think. Um, we had a conversation. Sorry, I was just gonna, like I love like when after you had given me a ride, and then one night we set up a, a, a chat, and it was so nice because you can have these thoughts, or, or, or but it, but it's really nice to engage and question and 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 just converse about it. It's 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 really uh, I really appreciate it. Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and it is very energizing for me as I get into it. The part I was going to say that was interesting to me is there have been clients that kind of go further in a particular direction, like where given what they're like, that I actually can use some words and talk about some things that are very, uh, they're very specific, like close, three principles, whatever. I have been fascinated by with some clients who who seemed to move in that direction and then and then i will send them links to things like michael neal's ted talk for example yeah. or i'll send them um you know an abraham link or something like that or refer them to a book like inside out revolution or anything like that and i'm just, i'm so fascinated by where I directly connect them. And then they're sort of like, yeah, that was kind of cool. Okay. So anyway, let's just kind of like get that. <laughs> yeah. And, and so it's, it's, but it doesn't matter because they don't need, it's the thing I think that, um, that, that by the way, there's a big difference. One difference I noticed between three principles and uh, Abraham is that I hear way well, I shouldn't say way more. I, I mean, in the 3P community, there is definitely something around this can change the world. It will, you know, we, we need to share it with people, people who need it, people who are hurting, uh, people who've got problems. <laughs> like there's a whole, whole thing about this and we got to get it out there in the world. What always fascinated me about Abraham from the very beginning is um, that even the way, it, 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 you know, if you, um, if you buy workshop recordings, right, like which I do, I get workshop recordings, they open up and they always say, we are, our intention with this work is to connect with those who are attracting this information. Yeah. And I remember first hearing that going, well, that's weird. Our intention with this work is to connect with those who are attracting this information. And when you look at the way, you know, Jerry and Esther Hicks, uh, you know, the way that whole Abraham thing is, um, it is, it is literally attracted by the people like me who are interested and hungry for it. There is no, there is no, uh, Facebook ads, getting you to you know be yeah. interested there's not there's nothing there's no advertising of anything it's like people somehow trip over it find it 
and then like that, right? So I I, I think that th- that whole way of attraction and is is and the way Abraham is actually you know just moves by mm. whoever is tuned into it or interested in it is is where it goes. I find that fascinating versus any kind of assertion of we're going to take this and promote it or we're going to yeah. take this because it is so useful and valuable that we'll promote it uh, out there. Um, that's a big difference I, I see in those two. Yeah. You see, like, I mean, for me within the three principles community, definitely myself, when I first came across it, I wanted to share it with everybody, whether they wanted to hear it or not. <laughs> So I think it's one of these things where we just like, oh my goodness, like this is, it's, it's amazing. So do you think it's part of that in the three principles community that it's like one of these things where you're like, oh my God, this is the potential to do this. But once you start to really just live in it, that you really just understand, like Sydney Banks says, just go and live your life, you know, hmm. that there's, there's a, there's a piece of that. So I think that there's people who are out there thinking it can change the world and driving that bus. And then there's those that are just living it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, uh, and Abraham says words don't teach. Mm-hmm. It's words don't teach only life experience can. Um, and, uh, and then of course they say it's, it's odd that we use so many <laughs> so, because, because you've ever been, if you listen to Abraham, they do use words. They use lots of words. And then, so, but that's a, a, a quote that they, they use often. Words don't teach, only life experience can. It's odd that we use so many. And um, so, but, but the thing about both principles and, and uh, with teaching of Abraham is that when something is true, um, then life will teach it to you. Yeah. Yeah something is true, life will teach it to you. And um, you, you don't need anybody to teach it to you. You have no obligation to go teach this to anybody. And in fact, don't. And here's the reason the don't is there, which I, it took me a while to understand, is because when you are at the point that you feel a need to teach this to someone, it is because what you are seeing is someone who needs it. Well, you're, you are not helpful. Yeah. When you see someone who needs this, you are not helpful. You're coming from a perspective of less than, of seeing someone as less than the potential and possibility of the universe. That's the only reason you're wanting to teach them something. And so Abraham will be very explicit about don't do it. (laughs) Go do something else. Because your view of them is the problem. Dominic, this is a great place that I think they're going to end the conversation. Although I would love to keep it going. Um, (laughs) Maybe I can invite you back for a, a, a part two for this conversation. I'd say that part two is uh, less about it and more about, like, let's get into the creation, creation of form and the joy of form and the, all of that aspect about it, I, as opposed I, to contrasting and comparing yeah, things and, and yes. that kind of stuff. Maybe actually, so let's schedule that. But if you were going to leave our listeners with something, word of wisdom, little thought what would it be um well forget all this 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 you know this was a rather intellectual conversation forget <laughs> all this and there's nothing to worry about nothing can go wrong um the way that this all works is the way that it works and uh just by you being in life and living life um you have everything you need to figure it out and to understand it and and life will teach you uh, all, all, all of it. So you, you don't get caught up in any of this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so unless you're a deep with like but listen to part two because like part two will be more, more engaging in it. 
Um, Dominic, thank you so much. Like, I love this conversation. And I just, because I looked at the time and I was like, I think we've been talking. I don't even know if it's an hour and a half. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's probably going to be my longest podcast to date. <laughs> Yay, you. Probably not a good thing. <laughs> no, I, I really enjoyed the conversation. So thanks, Dominic, for taking the time. I really appreciate it. I could have talked to Dominic for hours. He is such a wise soul and his passion is infectious. This was a great conversation, but a bit more theoretical, I think, than both of us expected. And because of that, uh, we've decided to continue the conversation to discuss the law of attraction and the teachings of Abraham Hicks from a more practical standpoint. So more of Dominic on our next episode. Here are a few thought bomb takeaways from this conversation. Thought is so powerful. It has incredible momentum and is the missing link between the spiritual and physical. Thought is the creator. Feeling is the indicator of that thought. I've always said there's so much information in a feeling. You are always creating your own reality. What you consider as magic or miracles can be reframed into your system of beliefs and takes on a completely different form. And finally, when something is true, life will teach it to you. I absolutely love the simplicity of that. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this conversation, I'd be really grateful if you could leave a review on iTunes. If you have comments or feedback, please don't hesitate to reach out. I really enjoy reading your emails and welcome your ideas for future episodes. Until next time, be well, be inspired, be you. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll share this podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with Jessie Lynn, please check out the contact page on her website, jessielynnmcdonald.com. Also, we'd be beyond grateful if you would leave us a review. Join us next time for another edition of the CPR of Life.